0: Today on the Dream Set Achieve podcast, we are talking about the windows into the hearts of our doubters, and that is her doubts. What doubts are causing her to freeze and to think, you know what, I'm not sure how I feel about this particular scripture, I'm not sure how I feel about how God tells us we're not allowed to do this. Those doubts are windows to the soul, and we should be seeing those as immense gifts to be able to speak life and truth into her heart. And so what we're going to do is talk about the value of doubt what does doubt actually mean? What is it exposing? Then we're gonna talk about how to expose those doubts. How do you dig up the doubts that are plaguing your daughter and build those into a life of action? And finally, how do you utilize those doubts to create immense amounts of faith in the life and trajectory of your daughter's life? So without further ado, let's get started. Hey, sweet friend, I'm Amanda Doherty, family life coach and founder of Dream Set Achieve, where I partner alongside amazing moms just like you who are in the throes of raising a teenage daughter. I hope that this podcast and all the resources on the Dream Set Achieve website will encourage, challenge, and motivate you to navigate the toughest issues surrounding raising an adolescent head on. You've got this mom, and I'm here to help. This is the Dream Set Achieve podcast. Dream Set Achievers, today we're gonna to just continue our conversation on beliefs and worldview and faith and all the foundational beliefs that are framing our daughter's mentality so that they can act and behave in a certain way. So again, just a quick recap. Rather than focusing on specific behaviors, those are just the surface level. That is an outward expression of her inner heart and of her inner desire. And so, what we're going to do instead is dig a little bit deeper. And by a little bit, I mean like a whole lot deeper. We're getting to the very root of her soul. And the way that we do that, because ultimately we cannot see what's going on in her heart, we can make assumptions, we can make observations, but at the end of the day, it is between her and the Lord that what is going on in her heart and the path to which God is going to pursue her and bring her into his kingdom. And so one thing we need to remember is that we are in many ways off the hook. We are not responsible for the salvation of our daughters. Do we want to see her in heaven? Yes, absolutely. Do we want to do everything we can to point her in a trajectory that's going to allow her to cross paths with the creator of the universe and to see that she is a valued and precious Daughter of the highest king. Yes, we do. But we can also take a whole lot of weight off of our shoulders by realizing that God's plan for her is ultimately going to be written by Him. And so we cannot necessarily go into this life thinking, well, if I do this specific Bible study, or if I teach her in this specific way, or if I homeschool as opposed to bring her to public school, then she's going to see and understand the Lord. That is not necessarily the case because I have worked in both realms, public and private school, Christian schools, and what I can tell you is that there are a whole lot of people sitting in the private school sector who are never going to understand what it means to be a child of God. There are also kids in the public school sector who have faith that has been tested in ways that... I could not have imagined experiencing in the private school sector. And so just when you look at the ways that we try to control and guide our daughters towards seeing who God is and towards making a personal life choice to follow after him and to dedicate her life for him, we ultimately have no power over that decision. It is going to be the Lord who softens her heart. It is going to be the experiences that she sees in this life that are going to shape her view of who God is, who she is, and how she fits into his ultimate design for this world and for his kingdom. And so we can rest easy knowing that ultimately that decision is up to God, but we can also rest assured that he is a good, good father and his desires for all to come to him. Now, ultimately, is that going to be the case? No, but we are praying and hoping and walking in faith every single day in faith that God will ultimately speak into the lives of our daughters and bring them into his family. Because if to do anything else would, to be, would be to act as though we don't know our God, that we don't know his nature, that we don't know that his heart is for his daughters. And so as we remember that God is ultimately in control here, we can rest in that peace knowing that he is ultimately the one that's going to decide who is entering his kingdom and not. We can also feel this immense amount of peace knowing that our efforts, if our hearts are in the right place and if we seek after the Lord, if we lay our daughters at the foot of the cross that he is going to take that sacrifice and use it for his good and for his glory. And so that's what I want to reassure you of, that we are not in charge of her salvation. She is going to have to walk that path herself. However, there are some huge pieces we can play to help her, guide her along, and to make that path a little bit easier. And we have been steward of these beautiful girls for a time, and we want to make sure we're using that time for the best of our ability to guide her in a way that's going to point her to the Lord. Now I'm going to get off my soapbox for a second because we're going to kind of come down for a minute. And today specifically, what we're going to talk about is doubt. What is one way to gauge the condition of her heart, her understanding of who God is and how she plays into his kingdom? Number one, we can look at her doubts. Why are we looking at her doubts? Well, one thing, she may have grown up in a family that believes in the lord i grew up in a family where we went to church every single sunday it was non-negotiable we played hooky maybe i think five times in the 15 years i was at this particular church and i knew what was right morally right i knew it was morally wrong i understood who god was going who he was supposed to be i understood who um, I was supposed to be in the context of of his kingdom, but one thing I did not realize I was allowed to do was ask questions. And so I knew all the right answers. If you had asked me any question, I can still give you the right answers, but is that gonna give you any clue as to the actual true condition of my heart? No, is that going to allow me to grow? No, <laughs> what's going to allow me to grow is to expose my inner doubts, the things that I'm not able to wrap my mind around, The the things that I'm currently wrestling in my head to think, could God possibly be like this? Could this possibly mean what the Bible says it means? And those doubts are gonna give the people who love me a whole lot more to work with than me just telling them what I think is right because I know what the scripture says and I know what our church believes and I know what I've been told to believe my whole life. Doubts are where the gold is. You wanna look at those doubts. You wanna hyper-focus on those because what those are gonna tell you ultimately going to be the things that are going to point her into a directory that is going to build faith so that she can eventually cross this bridge of doubt because there are other things that are supporting the weight of her doubt. And so we really want to just focus in on the doubts, just kind of leave behind the things she believes. Yes, we can celebrate. Yes, we can praise the Lord that she understands those things, but ultimately the things that are going to build more growth in her spiritual walk with the Lord is going to be her doubts. So I want to rephrase what a doubt is, because doubt has a negative connotation. Should not be the case. (laughs) Doubt is simply a question. A doubt is not simply a question that has not been answered yet. It is something that we are digesting and wondering about. It's something we are wanting to pursue after. There's action attached to this, and that is an awesome, awesome, awesome thing. So a doubt is simply a question we have not yet answered. Questions are good. You and I both know this our whole lives. The things that are going to help us to learn and to develop and to grow are questions. And so if a doubt is a question, there's nothing wrong with a doubt. There's nothing wrong with a question. If you seek, you will find. God's word says that multiple times. Seek me and you will find me. A doubt is a question you're seeking an answer to. And so rather than just shaming doubts in a way that is going to make people feel like they cannot come to you with certain Doubts or, or disbeliefs that they have, you want to be an open door for your daughter to walk through and to ask these questions because that, in her, in her own way, is a way of seeking truth. And if she is seeking truth, and she is seeking the Lord, and that is one step closer to answering a question that's been deeply setting in her heart and maybe holding her back from continuing to pursue a relationship with Him. Questions guide our next steps. So here we go by embracing doubts. We are promoting and encouraging action. We're encouraging action. Again, if we just keep a closed door to any kind of doubt, then she's gonna let those fester in her mind and eventually she's gonna decide, is this doubt going to keep me from pursuing this? Yes or no. However, if it's an open door, if she can come to you and say, hey mom, I don't understand how the dinosaurs fit into any of this. Or, Mom, I don't understand what it means about women and how women are approached differently than men in the gospel. Or, Mom, I don't understand how homosexuality in the scriptures is, I don't understand how that fits in the context of my cultural um, experience here in this country. It's hard to go through any of those doubts. We all have doubts. We have to embrace our own doubts. Because in doing so, we're going to be taking action and modeling that same type of stepping toward the Lord stepping closer to him when we have moments of doubts, as opposed to walking farther away. So by embracing doubts, we are promoting and encouraging action. By shaming doubts, either directly or indirectly, and when it, the reason why I say that is because there are some ways where we say we don't ask that question. That would be a direct shaming. If we did it indirectly, it would just be like constantly avoiding the subject. Of, oh, I'm sure we'll find out in the end. I'm sure that one day when we get to heaven, we can ask God that question then. Well, really what that tends to do by indirectly or directly shaming doubts, we're actually encouraging weak belief just to embrace weakness in belief. We're embracing stagnation that we can just kind of stop growing now because one day we're going to have all the answers if we were just foolish enough to just say, sure, I believe and kind of live this life and wait for the next life. That's called stagnation. And that can allow those, those doubts to fester and to create greater doubts rather than just nipping them in the bud and allowing her to pursue those when they come to her mind. It also is going to model hypocrisy and nothing is more, <laughs> more irritating than hypocrisy, right? To come up with a question, to give an answer that you might think is okay, or is like just the, the flat answer to kind of cover and kind of stop that conversation from happening. That's hypocrisy. To say that it's not okay to doubt when we ourselves know full well that we are doubting things. That is hypocrisy. We do not want to fall into that trap either. So how do we expose these doubts? We just explained that yes, doubts are questions. Questions seek answers. We want to enable and model this action-oriented mentality as opposed to just sitting back and waiting for things to fall into place in a way that's gonna make sense one day. We wanna take action, we wanna model action, we wanna encourage action. So therefore we wanna encourage doubt. We wanna encourage that. But how do we expose the doubt? How do we get to the, the bigger questions that are stirring up in our kids' minds? How do we know really on an honest to God level, when we, how do we look into her heart and see and reveal areas of possible doubt that we could help bring to the surface and allow her to pursue and bring healing to or bring answers to or bring life to? Number one, we can ask questions ourselves. Playing devil's advocate is probably the most effective tool in ministry. I've got to tell you, I had this incredible youth leader that I worked under. His name was David Heinrichs. And I've got to tell you, he had a gift for driving you up the wall and making you second guess every single thing you know about the scriptures. And while at first I thought this is a very interesting way of going about this, I learned more under his mentorship than I've learned with any other discipleship relationship or, or work relationship in my life. And the reason why is because if I said, I believed something, he would say exactly the opposite. And the reason why is because if you say you believe something, but then if you start kind of digging deeper into that belief, you may, again, it might just be lip service that might reveal where she has been told something so many times that she is just able to say it, but does she truly believe that in her heart? Where's the foundational evidence of that belief? Is, Is it in scripture? Is it out of a TV show she saw one time? Is it out of one of those self-help guides that says, um, like God helps those who help themselves. That's not from scripture. That might be blowing your mind right now. (laughs) That was my mom's favorite Bible verse for years, (laughs) not a Bible verse. And so what we really need to make sure we're able to do is to test the foundation of some of the beliefs that she says most loudly. Because if it's a belief that she consistently comes up and speaks into, if she constantly brings it up, if she says it in criticism of those around her, it might very well be a doubt she's trying to say loud and left in her head the answer to so that she can stop questioning it, that she can eventually quiet the possible doubt that's in her mind. Whereas your best case scenario in this moment would be to ask a question that might etch away some of the faith in that particular belief. And not just to break her down, but that you can help build her up with more foundational scriptures to help her understand is this a belief you should be following or is this a belief that is rooted in something else? So first way to expose doubt is to ask questions to play devil's advocate number two. Expose your own doubts. Be vulnerable. You hear me say this all the time. The best way to teach your girl anything is to model it yourself. We cannot be the type of moms that say, do what I say, not what I do. That just doesn't cut it, especially in this age group. It's just not going to cut it. And I wish it could sometimes. I'm looking for some of the shortcuts in, in my own parenting. And I just know, I just know it in my heart. I try it anyway, but I know in my heart it's not going to do me any good. So if I come forward and expose a single doubt I have, say, you know, I'm really struggling with this. I don't really get how that whole thing works. The whole book of Jonah for me is like a big question mark. How does that even work? When we do that, when we ask questions out loud in front of our daughters, it's going to shift her mindset from a mentality of, oh, we're not allowed to ask questions to, wow, mom's asking a question. She's doubting God in something. And that's going to give her permission to maybe dig a little bit deeper too. She's going to see you taking that doubt, pursuing an answer, asking questions to people who are trusted in her life, digging into scripture, and it's going to show her how to get to the core of a doubt. And is are you always going to get an answer? No. And I think that's something else that's very important to model. You're not going to have all the answers after digging. You can dig all you want to, but ultimately what that's going to model is faith, how to have faith, even in the face of doubt. After you've dug as much as you can into every commentary and listened to so many sermons and asked the right pastors and and brainstormed with your parents, right after all of that, there's still going to be doubt. And that's going to give room for faith. And that's going to show her how to build faith. Number three, Identify areas of tough behaviors. So again, everything that she does or says is going to expose her inner heart. Whatever she does or says is literally something that's in her heart that's bubbling to the surface and allowing you to catch a glimpse of a specific doubt or fear that is in her heart. So rather than just kind of pushing those behaviors away and ignoring them and just getting irritated, think, what is one behavior that constantly comes back up to the surface? Is it anxiety? Does that constantly feed so many of her decisions? Is it the fact that she has so much anxiety in her heart that she doubts her identity and in, in who she is in the kingdom of God? Is she doubting her value to God? Is she doubting that God exists and therefore she has no meaning or purpose in this life, right? Whatever her behaviors are going to, they're going to point back to something and we need to pay attention to that. We cannot afford not to pay attention to that. So, those behaviors that are driving us crazy, let's use those as a stethoscope to measure the condition of her heart. We can't afford not to. And finally, pay attention to current life experience. You are going to hear, either through the grapevine of other moms in the carpool lane, or through your own daughter's lips, or on Facebook or on Instagram, you're going to find out about things that are going on in her life. And she may not bring that to you specifically, but you can darn well bet if there is someone who is busted for drugs in her school, that she may have been close to, that's going to have a lot of an impact in her and her brain's going to be digesting that for a while. And a lot of what she's going to be digesting is going to build back into her own belief system. You're going to want to pay attention to that. You're going to be attuned to that. If there's a girl who dies in her graduating class, you know that's going to have a profound influence on the way that she perceives her own existence and her own trajectory in life. You want to pay attention to those types of things. You want to use those as a possible lens to open up conversations that you might not ever have the chance to open up again. When I was in high school, two of my closest friends died in a car accident when I was 16 years old. It came out of the blue, the most shocking information I could have ever received. And after that happened, my mother and I were able to connect in a way that we have not been able to connect with since. And it's because she was able to speak into that moment. There was a circumstance that she never wished on me. No one ever wishes that her daughter loses two of her closest friends that way. But what she did was she utilized that moment as a teaching opportunity because she knew, she knew that that was going to have a profound effect on how I perceived who I am, who I perceived God to be, and how I perceived eternity to look like. And so she used that opportunity to speak life into it. And I am so indebted to that because of that reason. And I constantly think with my own child, my child is adopted. And I know that that's ultimately going to have a whole slew of influences later on down the road that are going to affect the way that he perceives his own identity, his value, and his purpose. And I need to be paying attention to those. There might be issues right now you're thinking, yeah, I can see that kind of coming down the pipeline. Think about it. Keep your eyes on them. Stay attuned to it. Watch what's going on and speak into those moments, because that's going to give you a very genuine and natural opportunity to speak life into something that she otherwise would not be able to understand or connect with yet. So that's how we expose doubts. How do we utilize doubts? And this is really where we wanna take action here. Number one, is her understanding real or perceived? What does that mean? All right, so for example, I'm a highly sensitive person, and that is both a strength and a weakness. I am very perceptive to the people's emotions around me. I'm always attuned to how they're feeling. In fact, so often I'm so attuned to how they're feeling, it freezes me from actually acting in a way I want to act. So if somebody speaks in a way that's harsh, I perceive that very easily, and I take it very, very personally. I know it's a great, my greatest strength and my greatest weakness, and I'm working on it. But one thing I've had to be very cautious about is, Sometimes there have been moments where I think that person is mad at me. We cannot pick up the phone and have a conversation anymore. There is a conflict here, and I don't even know how to begin to resolve it. Well, one of my previous co-workers knew my, my nature, and she actually asked me the question, is this really conflict, or is this just a conflict you're perceiving? And that question had a whole lot of weight behind it, because what I realized was I was just assuming that that other person had these feelings about me when I had not even begun to ask the question, is this a valid concern you're having? Are you angry at me? Is, is our fellowship broken in somehow? Do I need to reconcile this relationship? Whereas she was maybe just out of town and hadn't been able to pick up the phone and call me for a week, right? And so with doubts, it can be the same exact way. Your daughter might be perceiving something that doesn't actually exist. She may be feeling this deep hatred from God towards a specific group of people. Whereas if you open the Bible and say, Hey, sweetie, this is an easy one. Let me prove to you. That's not the case. He does not hate anybody on this earth. Is he separated because of sin? Yes. But does he have the desire for any one of them to die in eternal separation from him? No, that's not his desire. That causes him an enormous amount of grief. So some of the doubts that she might have, are maybe just perceived. They aren't rooted in any kind of truth. they just something that maybe stemmed in her mind because of something somebody else has said, or maybe there's a specific scripture she read out of context and she doesn't understand how to interpret. Because let's just be honest, there are parts of the Old Testament that make zero sense. And it's very hard to match the loving Jesus who said, Let the children come to me who's sitting in a field full of lambs to the one, you know, to the God who smote a man for just trying to stabilize the Ark of the Covenant. And so it's sometimes hard to understand how those works, but just speaking into those moments that there's a genuine doubt that was going to cause her a lot of confusion. That's one thing, but if it's just something that she's picked up on and that's not true in any shape or form, that's an easy one. That's an easy one to speak truth in. Number two, what deeper worldview does this affect? So really what are the stakes of her having this doubt? If she doesn't know what kind of fish swallowed Jonah, is that ultimately going to shape or rock her faith to the extent that she cannot move forward and go to church ever again? No. But if there's something much closer to the heart, then yeah, the stakes might be much, much, much higher. So really just explaining like, Hey, I know this is a doubt of yours, but ultimately what does this change? What does this mean about God that you didn't understand before? That's a great question understand the stakes, figure out what the stakes are and help her to understand that not everything is going to be a make or break kind of deal. How do we find the answer to this doubt? That's a great question. So say, for example, your daughter comes to you and says, Hey mom, I'm really struggling with this idea of predestination. Help me understand. Does God pick us? Do we pick him? How does all of that work? Rather than just saying, well, honey, we're, we're not entirely sure. Let's look at a book of history. Well, let's actually dig in here Let's dig in again. What is the stakes on this one? Because this might be a much higher stake question for her. This is going to affect the way that she perceives God for the rest of her life. So maybe where do we find the answer to this doubt? Aside from looking at scripture, aside from looking at your pastor, aside from maybe just sitting down and praying together, I want you to think about what is a roadmap that is going to give you the best possible understanding give you all of the different perspectives and allow you to kind of weigh the options so that she can come to an understanding that is going to be at the very least suitable for the moment. And as she continues to grow and as new resources start to come out and as new life experiences start to shape how she perceives that truth, she can continue to dig in. But you're again, you're modeling this action based lifestyle where if she has a doubt, she pursues truth. She pursues answers. She pursues God. That is the healthy stance you want to take. You want to ask the question, how do we find the answer to this? Let's do that together. That's probably the most effective thing you can do as a mom to your daughter in building up the faith and the ability to understand who God is. And finally, identify the next step and start praying for revelation. We forget sometimes just how profound prayer can be. I heard a quote one time that said, I would not have survived past my 15th birthday had it not been for the prayers of my grandmother. And I think about that often because I know that my grandparents who lived in Jacksonville, North Carolina, I know that they were on their faces praying for my behalf growing up. I know that for a fact. And I don't know how many times their prayers intercepted a a direction I was going or A situation I was about to get myself into. I have no idea how many times their prayers intercepted in God's behalf to speak into a moment and say, you know what, Lord, I'm praying over this God. You are, you love her. You want to expose your life to her. I am praying for opportunities for you to expose yourself to her in a way that's going to break hard shell of a heart that she has and soften it to your truth into who you are, Lord. And when I really picture how much they prayed for me, and then I think about how often I pray for my own kid, I'm deeply convicted because what that really exposes to me is that I don't necessarily believe in the insane amount of power that comes with prayer. And I forget that when I'm praying, I'm speaking to the Lord, saying, God, I have a question, or I have a doubt, or my child has a question, my child has a doubt. I am asking for you to expose this next step of faith. We're going to take one step. We're going to take one step and then... I am praying, Lord, that you will meet us there and show us the next one. And by doing that, we're going to continuously dip into the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. I heard this incredible quote. Her name is Christy Wright. She's a fa- fabulous motivational speaker. She has a deep, profound heart for the Lord. And something she says consistently in all of her in all of her podcasts, in her books, in her her speaking opportunities. She always comes to this analogy of a car. She says, God can steer a car that's moving. God can steer a car that's moving. He cannot steer a car that's stalled. And so if we're constantly waiting for God to reveal the big picture without being willing to take a step of faith forward, he's not going to show us that next step. He is a God of action, and we do have the responsibility to chase after him. And once we get moving, if we can be faithful enough to take one step at a time, We don't need to know the end game. We don't need to have this seminary degree to be able to help our daughters navigate the doubts that are going to profoundly affect them throughout their lives. But what we do want to do again is to model that action. When I say, where do we find the answers? And then decide together, what's the first step I need to take and pray, get on your knees and on your face and beg God to reveal to you as you're taking the first step, pray that he's going to show you the second Pray that he's going to show you the third. Pray that he's going to show you the next. And just constantly have this life that mimics and models this pursuit after truth and after the Lord and after him. Because ultimately that's what she's seeking. She is seeking him. She is seeking who he is. She is seeking who she is. And she is seeking to understand how she fits in to his big plan. So there you go. I hope that this is encouragement, and that I'm not just speaking and just kind of like scratching a chalkboard here that you're just hearing like, I know I should, I know I should, I know I should. I really just, I'm asking you to take one step today. Take one step. What is the step right now for a doubt that is plaguing your daughter, that you can see? It is painfully obvious to you that she is struggling in a certain area, but you have just avoided it because you didn't want to open a can of worms. You need to embrace the can of worms. Embrace the mess. Embrace it and just take one step. What step? are you avoiding today? What is God kind of nudging you in the direction saying it's time to get going already? That's your first step. So that's where I'm going to leave you today. A couple of things I want to encourage you to do today, this week, at some point in the near future, I really want you to delve in to the possibility that there is a doubt that is causing your daughter to stumble. Just know that there's constantly a doubt in your heart about who God is and how you fit into his kingdom. So there's obviously a doubt in her heart that is shaping the trajectory of her life. So in faith, take a step of faith and think there is a doubt. How do I reveal that doubt? How do I utilize that doubt? Remember, a doubt is just an unanswered question. It's just a question. How do you find the answer to any question? You start digging. You start researching. You get you get your hands dirty, and you do it together. Because this, Is what really matters. This is the end game for us as mothers that our kids would grow up to be followers of the Lord. They fear the Lord and they love the Lord and they know that they are deeply, deeply loved and valued by the Father and Creator of the universe. It doesn't get any more important than that. So embrace the doubts. Don't shy away from them anymore. Take a step. What is one doubt that your daughter is being plagued by? And how do we take a step of action? The next thing is to take a step of your faith on your own. Remember, we're modeling. What is the doubt that's plaguing you right now? What is something that is causing you to just pause and think, you know what? Once I figure this out for myself, then I'll help her figure it out. No, do it together. Do it together. The walk of faith is not one to be walked alone. It is to be walked in, in community with other believers and with others who are seeking to know God's truth. So go ahead and bring her into it. Disciple her on how to pursue that doubt yourself. Let her see what it means to take steps of faith and to see God constantly reveal the next step to you as you take each step along the way. So that's all I've got for you today, friends. I hope that this is a blessing. I hope that this encourages you to just keep your eyes open to some of the things that maybe you've been avoiding or have been fearful of in the past. Just take them on head on. This is a gift. This is giving you eyes to see something that God has been trying to reveal to you for a while. You have the power and the ability to speak immense amounts of faith and truth and life into your daughter. And this is the first step in doing it. So this week, just embrace the faith, go out, get your hands messy, and I'm going to be praying for you every step of the way. And I hope that you come back next week with some awesome stories about how God has proven faithful in your first steps and that he's going to continue to do that all along the way. So until next time, have a great week and I'll catch up with you later.